You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Perez, Chris Scales, David Flowers, Tony Groves, William Gibson, and special guest Brandon Massey. Hey, guys. Good evening. Hey. Hey, hey. Got a big crowd tonight. That's always a nice. Uh, Let's jump right into it uh, because we do have a race tonight. We're going to try to keep it short. Uh, Brandon Massey, let's learn about you. Uh, Tell us about how you got started on iRacing and how did you hear about it? Uh, Yeah, weirdly enough, um, uh, back when I still gamed on console, I was playing, I think, NASCAR the game 2012. And uh, obviously the racing in that was hit or miss online. And uh, I forget exactly what happened, but there was an incident, and two people were arguing, and somebody said, well, I play on iRacing, so I know what I'm doing. So it got me really interested, so I checked out the site. I did the uh, three-month trial for, I think it was $5, uh, back in 2012. I picked it up then, and I've never let it go. All right, cool. I see your uh, username in iRacing is actually Brandon Massey 3 So do you have, like, three accounts, or are you just the third guy? Uh, not sure who Brandon Massey 1 is. I am 2. Uh, when I use that trial, I'm like, okay, I'm going to go try this out. It's like, okay, I really want this, but I want to do that that discount again. So I uh, made a new account, signed up, uh, bought a year, and then that's how it went. So, yeah, I'm technically 2, but I haven't used that account since 2012. I see. All right, cool. Um, now, how often are you racing, and what series are you running? Uh, generally, I run B Open and C Open. I try to run at least two official races a week. It really depends. Uh, I kind of hit or miss on that. And then every Sunday, I try to never miss a PRL race and the occasional Wednesday race when I can make it for PRL as well in their fixed truck series. Yeah, let's talk about leagues. Uh, PRL, um, I certainly ran PRL uh, over the off uh, season. We've been talking about it on the podcast uh the trucks, and that's been real fun. Uh, tell us what PRL is, uh, what does PRL stand for, and how do people uh, learn about it? Yeah, it stands for uh, Precision Racing League. Uh, we have different series spanning road and oval. Uh, it's, I'm basically, I guess, co-manager of uh, oval series racing, so uh, I take part in the Wednesday truck and the Sunday Xfinity, which runs open setups now. Uh, you can check us out at our website at precisionracingleague.com. Navigate to our forums and check out our many uh, championships we got there. Uh, we strive to have a really good community. We've got a great group of guys, and we're, we improve the racing every season. Uh, like, for example, Season 9 and the Xfinity, uh, we're going to start following the uh, na- the iRacing schedule. So that should, uh, should uh, help uh, improve... Uh, on uh, signups for people who don't know how to build setups they can go to uh, the forums during the week and pick a setup up it will also give them the opportunity to race their setups all week long uh basically whenever they're free to do so so when they come on sunday it should hopefully increase the competition level yeah my impression was it's a very mature league i mean there's a lot of drivers a lot of members you guys have proper forums and everything Oh, yeah, we have a great set of forums, uh, Kurt, thanks to our awesome league director, Jerome. We have, like you said, we have a really mature community. We've got a really great rules package. We don't try to over-police people so they feel like they're racing on eggshells all the time. 
So we just try to make uh, the the uh, rules package as easy as possible for drivers to understand and race under. Yeah, and I certainly enjoyed myself over there and uh, at PRL when I ran, and it was good. I mean, the, the competition was good too. I mean, a lot of good drivers. Yep, and the competition seems to be improving every season now, especially now that we're running open setups. Right. All right, cool. And um, are you guys recruiting right now, like if people want to get involved? or? Yeah, that is correct. We uh, have sign-ups going for the Wednesday Truck Series. It is fixed, and sign-ups are open for Season 9. It is not as simple as sign-up and you have a seat, though. Uh, all, all new drivers to the Series have to do uh, what we call Race Your Way In where we take a group of, uh, say, 30 drivers, whoever signs up, and we run them through two events. Those events are run point style. So, for example, say we, we need 15 seats filled. We have 30 drivers doing the event. We will pull in the top 15 in points from those two races, and we'll fill our seats based on that. All right. Cool. That kind of filters out the fodder, I guess. Yeah, and we do also allow people to uh, be invited in by current seat holders. So, for example, if uh, Chris Perez here wanted uh, or found somebody that he likes racing with or had a friend, he could invite them in, and the only uh, only thing they would need to do to meet requirements is to attend at least one of the Racer Way-In events so we can see kind of how they drive and their skill level, and then we just bring them straight up. Right. All right, cool. Uh, tell us about your hardware. What do you run in pedals, wheel, how many monitors you have, and any third-party software? Uh, yeah, let's see. I've been using my Logitech Driving Force GT wheel and stock pedal since I signed up in 2012. Uh, really robust wheel. It's not really let me down yet. I do have triple monitors, but they're different sizes, so I currently race on one monitor I keep TeamSpeak on one so that I can move people if I need to while I'm racing for the organizing commitment. And then on the third monitor, I run a little app I found on the forums called IR Pit Crew, which uh, tracks your fuel usage in real time so you can see exactly when you need to pit and, and things like that. Hmm, I don't know if I've heard that one. IR Pit Crew, huh? It's pretty cool, yeah. Uh, it basically runs as a server on your local internet so that you can have it on a touchscreen phone or tablet so you can just you can check your tires with it, check how much fuel you want to get if you want to fill up to make it to the end or if you want to get a whole tank. It's really got a big uh, range of options for you. All right, cool. I'll check that out. Uh, I always like to check out all the third-party stuff. Um, what about, you know, are you guys uh, on a team? Are you organized into a team at all or...? Uh, do any team official stuff? I don't do any team official stuff outside of PRL. Uh, my good buddy Ken Carruthers, he's the one that builds all the setups that that I run during the week and on Sunday. So if I was to say I was on a team, I would say I was with him. But officially, I'm not really on a team, no. All right, I see. And uh, final question, your most memorable iRacing moment so far? I would say probably my first win. Uh, when I signed up, I didn't really know anything about setups, and I'm sure you guys know when your first time on here, there's so many settings, it's really overwhelming. So I think I raced the C-Fix for about five years. My first win at Charlotte was probably my most memorable one, honestly. Yeah. Looking at your stats here on iRacing, uh, not too bad, actually. Your winning percentage, 2.96 on Oval. Uh, that's right where most people are, right at 3%. And uh, 
pretty impressive stats throughout the years. Looks like 2015 was your best year with an 8.5% winning percentage there. Yeah, I Pretty think good. that was when I first got into the B Open and started realizing how awesome open setup racing was. That, that one year, I, I raced as much as I possibly could and I enjoyed doing it. All right. Well, welcome to the podcast. Uh, let's jump right into uh, racing results. Uh, I guess let's talk first. I mean, Road to Pro is tonight. Um, what do you guys think we got? I did some testing in the truck at Vegas earlier, uh, Chris and... And uh, Craig and others were in there with me. But what do you guys think? I mean, the setup we have is awesome. And it's so refreshing to see the team working together on it. And, uh, yeah, we got some real stars on our team as far as the setup wizards go. I couldn't believe how quick it was when I got into it. I was just like, man, these guys are like wizards on this stuff. Yeah, the draft is probably going to play a huge role, too. It reminds me a lot of plate track racing, the few that I've done. That draft really helps. I didn't get to practice too much. I ran about 10 laps, but what I ran, the truck was fast and stable the entire way, and there was almost no fall-off or tire wear, (laughs) which means we can get through a 40-lap run, no problem. Yeah, shout-out to Phil Gary. I think he's the one that... um that set together and it's ridiculous yeah you're right it's just it's fast it's consistent over it's flat yeah it's it's nuts it's wicked fast i mean there's no lifting and even after 10 laps it you do not have to lift um so yeah it's gonna be like a restrictor plate race i don't know that's what it felt like to me last night running because i mean everybody's just wide open you can't get away from anybody uh it's it's as close to and the the trucks suck up really well too so it's probably as close to a restrictor plate race that you can find this away from talladega or daytona yeah the last practice i did i was literally just pushing my teammate down the straightaways the one complaint i have is the qualifying set i don't know what's wrong (laughs) with it but going into three and and coming out of four you're just the car turns normally, then out of nowhere, the back end just comes around. Like I'm, I told you I, that was going to happen. You got to be ready for it, man. I, Chris, I did. Th- I caught myself <laughs> three times, man. It, it, I, I, I let off. Didn't help. I countersteered. Didn't help. I mean, when I countersteered, like you should have seen it, Chris, coming off four, but the, the truck was completely sideways like even people were like how did you keep that straight i'm like i knew it was going to do that <laughs> yeah that qualifies that came with the warning label oh uh, no yeah. i'm not saying it didn't <laughs> david you got the same problem as i do uh yeah we're just not we're just not that good um we're, those guys that are that are sticking the sticking those laps are getting fast times um i can't hang on to that thing either i probably tried 20 or 30 laps um try, trying to <laughs> nail that damn corner turn three and four and i lose every time i I went higher tony and that helped but even then you you just don't know when it's going to come off and you weren't in that practice session earlier tony but uh i told mike you know the same thing happened to every one of us when we ran that qualifying set i said watch it it'll break loose coming out of turn four and sure enough, even though we've all been warned, it happened to every single one of us, it breaks loose coming out of turn yeah, four. I tried it six or seven attempts, and when I got to lap two, every time it spun out on four. Yep. Yeah, I couldn't believe it. It's it's amazing that 
uh, eight or nine of us, different drivers, can get in the same set and it does the same exact thing at the same exact moment. Yeah, just, yeah. Shout out to Phil again for the set because obviously, I mean, <laughs> if you can stick a warning label like that on a set, and you know, so many people can drive it the same consistently, that's a really good set. Yeah, that race set, um, absolutely loved it. Like that race, uh, Chris and I, I did last night. Um, that thing just holds together so well for so long. There's hardly any fall off. Like, um, just awesome. I wish I could drive that qualifying set, but uh, I can't do it. Not right now. So, but the the race, the race set. Oh, beautiful. the race set's great. Yeah, I was real neutral. I mean, it was so neutral even after 12, 15 laps. All right, let's get into NASCAR iRacing Series. Let's talk results at Atlanta. Uh, boy, mixed results, really, but uh, I took the low side. I'll start off. Ellis, uh, P22 on Wednesday fixed. I got After 10 laps, it was just super loose, and I just suck at Atlanta. Uh, coming off four, it, going down that front straight, you got to pedal the car. Uh, Wednesday open, P8, uh, my best result of the week. I did get a lap down, but stayed out uh, for a wave round on old tires, and sure enough, caught a caution. I uh, got a lead lap finish. Uh, I did run the 1.7 set that we had. Uh, thank you to our anonymous donor uh, who providing sets to us for the A car. Um, got loose after 10 laps, big time. I mean, it was loose. And then after 40, uh, you couldn't go 40 on tires. I mean, that was it. Fuel was actually 57. Who else ran Wednesday? I think Chris, did you? Yeah, I did. Um, I ran a few times through the week, and that one was just another one of those. Um, we ran until ran twenty or thirty laps, and then uh, you know somebody would always lose it on the front stretch, and sometimes you'd make it through there, and sometimes you wouldn't. The problem was, man, when somebody you were on eggshells with that car all the way around the track, so, so when somebody did. Um, you know, lose it coming out of four, it was a lot harder than you would think trying to get slowed up. Yeah. Uh, next day, Thursday open, we had uh, teammate Greg Hectus qualified fifth, ran up front all race, uh, had a caution under green flag stops that trapped him at the back, so he ended up 11th. But a good run for Greg. And, and then Thursday night fixed, uh, Tyler... Uh, Conroy P5 best result and Tony you had top 10 too tell us about that yeah um, that that was that was kind of nice it was nothing special I basically stuck it in second gear and just let everybody crash around me um, tough man it's such a tough race that car is like just silly loose um, but yeah I mean you're driving on eggshells like everybody's been saying so yeah that's I just I played it safe I wasn't trying nothing um, and just avoided all the accidents. That's smart. I mean, you got a result out of it, and that's the whole idea. Well, I was happy to. I, you know, I did finish on the lead lap, so um, that 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 was nice. Um, even though I, I believe I did get trapped a lap down uh, through a pit stop, or I did something, um, but I was able to get it back. And yeah, top ten, I'll take it. Yeah. Teammate Justin Laird also ran, finished 19th after getting run over. Uh, Friday open, Chris, you ran. Uh, how was that run? 
Oh man, that was probably my best run I had all week, but didn't have much of a finish. Uh, I, I typically don't run um, in the top five a lot. I'm not that aggressive, and I'm not that fast. But that race uh, qualified third, ran the top five most of the race, and then another front stretch deal. There was a wreck on the front stretch, and I got off the gas too hard <laughs> coming out of turn four, and that's all it took. I just got off the gas too hard, and it sent the car down through the grass. And it was well, it was okay. I, I caught it on pit road, and coming to the end of pit road, well, the guy that had hit the wall slid down across the track, and I T-boned him and finished like 17th, 18th, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I think I was... Uh listening in david you were spotting i believe yeah i also ran uh no i wasn't spotting i, I have school friday nights mike but uh i ran sunday open i'll get to, we'll we'll get there yeah let's see uh greg hectus he ran saturday fixed actually um started fifth ran top five all race again had a late caution and got uh sixth as a finish and then finally sunday fixed uh well, let's go through Sunday Open. That's what you were talking about, David. You ran Sunday Open. Yeah, I just I couldn't run Wednesday. Uh, had some bad stomach issues. Ran Sunday Open instead. Um, was in the top ten for the first hundred laps. I was catching people and just we'd been on a crazy long run, and I just lost it coming off four, and that was the end of my race. I finished twenty twenty laps down. Yeah, it's tough. Uh... Chris, you ran that morning too, right? Yeah, yeah. I don't really remember. But I was about the same as both the you, others. You, you ran just Thank. like me, Chris. You, you, you spun just like I did. Yeah, I remember you telling me. Yeah, and then Sunday night, uh, I did run, and I was embarrassed, guys. Um, it was the initial start of the race. I spun my tires just a tiny, tiny bit. I mean. Just enough to kind of move me towards the wall, and then I can't. I you know I just kept going, but the guy behind me didn't cut me any slack at all, and he just ran right over the back of me, turned me into the wall, blew the engine. I got out there and finished P twenty four. But boy, that's embarrassing. Uh, at the beginning of that race, for the first hour of it, I was P dead last, thirty uh, sixth, and uh, I was determined not to finish dead last, and got out there and ran some laps. Uh, but boy, I mean, it doesn't get worse than that when you you're the first one out. Uh teammate Tyler Conroy, he got pole position first of the year. Uh congrats to him. Uh ran up front uh for a long time. He actually got a penalty. I I don't remember why. I think it was speeding on pit road or something. But he got back with everybody else in the trash and some guy turned him going down the back straight. They were side by side, and the guy just went left for unknown reasons. Uh, pinned him right into the wall-blown engine, so bad break for Tyler. Uh, Chris, you ran uh, that race as well, but got a nice top 10. Yeah, yeah, I just I had been wrecked out of all the other races, so this one I I didn't even, I just tried to keep the, the fenders on at the whole race, and that ran... 10th, 11th most of the time, and there was a, a wreck on the last couple of laps and passed a few guys and finished 6th. <laughs> hey, Chris, do me a favor. Just just stop running open the rest of the season. Just just run fixed. Just run I know, fixed it seems me. like it. Yeah, the <laughs> open has been my curse. 
Which is funny, dude, because you're fit. You're in the top five in points. I'm in seventeenth. I like driving the open cars too. I mean, we've had good sets and they've been fast, and I know I, yeah, I can't even finish awesome. to go with it. So you'll, look, you'll get one. Look at the pattern, though, Chris. I mean, we've been two weeks now. You you get wrecked all week long, both weeks, and then on Sunday night, you you win at Daytona, and then here you get a P6 at Atlanta. So. Maybe you just wait, yeah, hold it for Sunday night, or you're doing something different on Sunday night than you're doing yeah, the rest of the week. Yeah, I'm literally just not racing, and it's it's painful. I mean, you tell yourself, a lot of people will start in the back, and they'll say, I'm going to just let things play out. But like with Daytona, I mean, there was like probably four restarts where I pulled onto the apron, you know, going down the back stretch, And so it was painful, and it wasn't racing. But it seems like sometimes that's what you have to do to get a good finish. Yeah, let's. Uh, all right, I don't know if, if it, anyone else has NIS races to review, but let's talk about you know next week uh, Vegas. Uh, we also did some practice in the A car. We got some uh, sets from a friend from the podcast earlier today, and very interesting set that you gotta you gotta survive the first five laps basically, and then the pressures come up enough where. It actually runs really good. Uh, what'd you guys think of it? I, I think it was all right. Yeah, it's really fast. Yeah, those first couple of laps, I don't know anything about setups. I'm, I just drive the cars, but you know, something's smacking the track and dragging. You can see sparks shooting out from under the car, and then after that, when the pressures come up, the thing's a rocket. Made it made it really loose, but still actually really drivable, which wasn't bad. Yeah, over long run too. Yeah, it was another one where it's just it's really stable and stable. It's a long way. run set, yeah, and you got to yeah, survive definitely. that first few laps. Yeah, because something's dragging. But it's interesting uh, to run it like that. But we were talking about short runs. What are we going to do if there's a short run? You know, like a five five laps to the finish, and you everyone pits for tires. Can you pump up the tires and put a pound in each? You know, so you don't drag. You're not dragging ass. I have no clue. I'd like to know. <laughs> I think it's probably going to come up. I think it would just depend on what exactly is dragging. If the splitter, maybe just a pound. Or I think it was a right rear front. track bar. Wow. Um, could probably raise the uh, rear spring perks. Yeah. Raise the rear end up a little bit. Yeah, Chris and I were talking about it, but we need to practice it before we get into our race and try that. I just yellow it once. So a car at Vegas. I, I'm excited because Atlanta just sucked. I mean, the the whole thing about it being so loose on down the front stretch. Uh, I mean, what do you guys think about that? I mean, and then compare it to Vegas. It just has no grip. That's the main problem. I love it in the trucks. Vegas has tons of grip. Yeah, it, it's funny. The tracks are kind of similar, but they're they're not. I mean, when you drive them, they're completely different. Yeah, you can see the difference that the newer the newer pavement makes, and that yes, yeah, what they talk about um, when we go to Atlanta. You know, the real guys go to Atlanta. That places they slip and slide, and the, the tires get shredded. And you go the other mile and a half, and that's not the case. And you kind of see the same thing in the sim. The track's similar, but, man, you're almost wide open, you know, flying around Vegas when, 
you're, you're tiptoeing the entire lap at uh, Atlanta. I'm excited about this set that we got, and so I'm I'm ready for tomorrow for Vegas. So bring it on. We'll see. Uh, let's jump into peak NASCAR peak series uh, ran at Daytona, guys, and our winner Nick Ottinger takes a checkered flag for the season opener. Uh, Brian Schoenberg second, Christian Challoner third. Uh, I saw the end of this the last thirty laps or so, and. It was kind of what you expect. Uh, there were some big pileups even on the last lap, uh, and some some pretty uh, you know hold your breath moments too. What did you guys see it? I gotta go back and watch it. I forgot it was on. Well, I think you watched, didn't you? Yeah, I watched um, a big chunk in the middle. I unfortunately didn't get to watch the end. I had some friends come over, but um, it was kind of refreshing to watch the middle of their race. It was just. Nice, it was patient, um, which I wish we'd get across the board in NIS, but um, I saw some highlights there, and it's just amazing how close they replicate real-life racing. Um, yeah, it's like if, watching a NASCAR race, yep. Yeah, if you didn't know it was a sim, you would just assume it was just real racing. It's that close, that realistic, and the really fun to watch. Similar, yeah. yeah, and congratulations to the Chaos crew. Um that's the Richmond uh, Raceway back team, and they picked up the first one of the season, so um, kind of cool there as well. Oh, you're talking about they have the Richmond Raceway sponsorship, right? Yeah, that's um, I think they call the team the Chaos Crew, but yeah, that's the one backed by Richmond, uh, the Raceway, and um, that's really kind of the only team out there that I'm aware of that has any kind of affiliation with NASCAR, be it tracks or teams, and for yep. them to pick up the first one I think is really cool, and hopefully... Uh, more tracks or NASCAR teams hop on board. Yep. Yeah, it's it's cool to see them to get kind of a return on their investment, I guess, and hopefully more tracks will see that and be like, man, we got to get us a team. Yeah, if I recall the last few laps, uh, I mean, it was about track position. I mean, you had to be up in that top three to really have a, a prayer, you know, and... I think we always forget about that because we always think of Daytona Talladega as, oh, I can ride around the back, and when it's time to go, I'll go. Well, that was so 1990s and, you know, all that. Nowadays, it's not like that. If you're not up in the top three, you're not going to be a part of the game usually and uh, when it comes down to the checker. But uh, it was a good race. I, I enjoyed watching it. Sounds like I need to find it and watch it, dude. Yeah, they have a highlights reel too and everything. So, but check that out. They'll run next week. They run opposite the Road to Pro Truck Series that we've been talking about. So we run Tuesdays. They run the next Tuesday and so forth. And that's pretty much how the schedule works throughout the year. Okay. Uh, all right. Let's jump into topics. I guess I'll take the first one. Uh, Tony Gardner bringing up uh, top news of the day here. Uh, he posted up what's going to be happening in the March build. So we, uh, we're we coming up here on week 13, and in that's called the March build. So every uh, quarter we get a new build uh, in iRacing. Uh, <clears throat> two new LMP1 cars, the Porsche 919 Hybrid and the Audi R18 e-tron Quattro. Exciting. I, I would th- hope that we can run one of these for Le Mans. Oh, I'm planning on it. Which one? 
the Audi, of course. Oh, okay. Why? I, I, I don't really have a preference, I guess. Because I grew up on the 24-hour Le Mans and the 24 hours of Daytona, and it seemed like every year in the P1 category for like a decade, Mike, Audi was just... That's true. I, I know that, too. Always in first. So, I understand the engine. I don't know a lot about these cars, but apparently there was a lot to program regarding the engines because it's a they, this hybrid situation. Do you guys know anything about that? Or the the hybrid engine, Mike, is a lot like how the hybrid engine in the Formula One car is. It's the same concept. But you're going to have different power bands, so to speak, well, you know. Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be set up different like that. But I'm saying, like, it's it's still similar concept to F1. Yep. So if like the the like the electric part on the the hybrid goes out, you're going to lose half your power. And uh, I've seen he, that happen. Right. Now he also mentioned uh, these two new cars will run in two new Le Mans series, an individual series and a team series. With an LMP2 and a GTE class, iRacing Le Mans series and the iRacing Le Mans Endurance series. The Le Mans series will run every two hours with a 12-week schedule, 60 to 90-minute races as a regular official series. Then every other week we will run the Endurance series with two time slots, Saturday at 7 GMT and Saturday at 1900 GMT. These are six-hour sessions and team events. All right, I'm asking off the back who's running with me for six hours. Let's do this. Sounds like a good two-man team or maybe three. Yeah. I mean, I, I could definitely do three hours considering we we all did three hours for the 24-hour stand. It'd be good, it'd be good practice for Lamont. So I'm, I kind of like the every down. other week, too, thing, so it doesn't get stale doing it every week. And I also like the 1900 GMT because that'll allow me to get home from school. Yeah, that late Saturday night slot. I like that idea. You you down, Chris? Perez? Yeah. Yeah, if I could well, yeah. Let's put too. yeah, let's put together a couple of teams. We'll put together a good team and then I'll be on a team. <laughs> okay. I I just I didn't know if you wanted to uh Chris. That's the thing with two or three drivers per car, we can have several cars and with how many yeah. guys we have. There's no NIS that night, so is, is there not? also is there anything special, Mike, as far as licenses? Did it did it break that down? No, it doesn't say specifically, but... Okay, well, we'll figure it out. Because I only have a B license for ro uh, for roadside, so... All right, next up, I think, was the biggest surprise of this announcement. The new IndyCar. IndyCar, the IR18, is, is what it's called. It's replacing the DW12. And uh, if you bought the DW12 in the last six months, they'll give you a credit of eleven ninety five. The DW12 will become a free member content to everybody, but you're going to have to buy the new Indy car. So it looks like if you're going to run the Indy 500 this year, guys, you're going to have to buy a new car. Oh, that takes me out. I'm not buying another car that I'm not going to race. Yeah, That's the thing. I, I run it once a year. I'm not sure about that either. I'll probably still buy it just around that once. Yeah, <laughs> and then not again until next year. Actually, I tried it for the for the Indy Oval Series to just see how I liked Indy. I did two races and I never touched it again. I just, my personal opinion, the Indy car's garbage. That's just me. Well, we'll see how this Indy car is. This is a whole new vehicle. It's got less downforce, so I say I might, I won't buy it, but 
<laughs> watched five months from now, I'll probably own it. Yeah, he'll have it. He'll In have the it. month of May, yeah, when the nostalgia is coming around. And all right, the other thing announced: a new dirt track, Lima Land. We knew this was coming. It's a quarter mile from Ohio. There will be a night version. And the new dirt track at Charlotte, a four-tenths mile dirt track. It's located across the street from Charlotte Motor Speedway. There's also a night vision and a new GRC uh, track, Sonoma. And a rescanned and revised version of Pocono. All right. I'm Cool. I mean, Sonoma at GRC, I'm looking forward to that. I, say, I yeah. think the Pocono announcement is probably one of the bigger parts of this post here because everybody's been asking for this for a long time now. I will say I'm going to miss the old version, but I'm going to love the new version at the same time. Is there grass down the back or is it paved? You know, I I don't know exactly. I think right now it's paved, so I would expect it to be paved. Yeah. So that means we'll have three versions of Pocono. The the current one, the old one, and then this new one that they're going to rescan. I don't know that there's an old one. There's just one Pocono. yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. Sorry, I was thinking like Phoenix or something like that, I guess. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised if uh, the old Pocono goes to like Carburetor Cup um, and maybe even like the Dallara Dash. Right. That just sounds like uh, free stuff because I'm guessing if you already own Sonoma, the GRC track will be free yep. too, right? So- yeah, so Sonoma will be free, GRC. And then the Pocono, it does say if you have the old Pocono, you get it free, the new one. I think it's awesome. Yeah, they put the work into it, and you don't have to pay anything for it. The truth is they scanned Pocono like almost two years ago, and they're just now getting it out. And there has been a change since then that they didn't rescan, and that was where they lengthened the pit road wall because I think it was Casey Kane spun into pit road there and like almost took out some people. So they extended the wall, and I I was wondering if they're going to fudge that in. Are they just going to draw it in without scanning it? I'd imagine it would be really easy to just go and lengthen it with the scans they already have. Right, just draw it in, yeah. Which I I bet you they'll do. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Yeah, well, you've seen them do it with other tracks. I mean, Monza, when they did the dirt version of Lanier and stuff, or USA. Yeah, they do some fudging, yeah. And and the thing like GRC at Sonoma, there is no such thing. They, they're they fudging that entire thing. They're creating it, you know. That's what's really cool when one of those tracks comes out because you see GRC and you see the track. It's like, well, that doesn't mean anything. It could say GRC, you know, middle of some field in North Carolina. You can put yep. it anywhere. Right. Well, and Sonoma has a ton of elevation change, you know, if you recall. So it'll be interesting to see where they run the track. Oh, I forgot about that elevation change. I bet you that's a fun track in, this, in these cars. Uh, if someone on one, one monitor, I could do without it. Man, it's, it's tough to see over those hills. All right, Will, what's next? All right, so we got some uh, news updates as far as the Dirt World Championship goes. Um Dirt World Championship qualifying series is set to begin March 15th for GRC and March 19th for the World of Outlaw Sprint Cars and Late Models. Um, these races will have splits for three heats and two consolation races, um, and they will be open to all dirt license and use snake splits. 
Um, so we finally got, we are going to have snake splits for those. Um, a couple other updates as far as what's happening with dirt. The sh- dirt street stock is going to have its rev chip increased to 6,800. They're reversing some front end suspension on the dirt wing sprint car. But now we can adjust the nose wing angle in the garage. They're removing adjustable shocks from the non-wing sprints as per the USAC rules. Uh, The dirt lane model is going to get a few significant suspension updates. Um, It's supposed to look and drive more realistic than ever before. And they are updating the class structures and race formats. Um, No news on how they're going to update the class structure, but any C class and up series will have heat races. So that's pretty much all the news from the dirt world. Heat races, C and up. And, uh, I think the other, you know, big thing there is, uh, you know, we got a championship for GRC. I mean, that's pretty neat. I think. I'm interested in running that just for fun. Yeah. School everybody. We got one guy on the team, Phil Linden, who's really good at GRC. I think he's actually going to plan on doing that. I hope. I bet he will. I'm uh, to watch and learn something, I think. <clears throat> the other thing, Will, uh, Tyler posted up about the uh, cushion and with some uh, photos that kind of show it built up after 500 laps, 1,000 laps, and so on. Did you take a look at those? Yeah, I cannot believe I forgot to put that in the notes. Um, yeah, so they posted some pictures. It looks like it might have been – I can't tell what track it's at, but the way the cushion builds up now – they kind of show it in increments of zero laps, 500 laps, 1,000 laps, and all the way up to 2,000 laps. And you can see a definite rise in the level of dirt. Um, so you should kind of fill a ledge up there as you get close to the fence. Uh, he kind of mentioned the way it drove is it's kind of tricky to hit right, but when you hit it right, it's really fast. So hopefully that um, gives us some more multi-groove racing on the dirt side. Um, and another note... Um, that's not one car over 2,000 laps. I believe they said it was like 37 cars on the track at a time. So it's that's going to build up over a course of a race, not over 2,000 actual laps. So yeah, that but was it's one of the noticeable. Things I, was a I mean, of. the way when you look at the picture and you look at the white wall and you look at, the, at the, how tall the white is on the wall, as you get into later in the pictures. You can see it's very narrow. The white narrows up, and that dirt's literally piling up on the edge of the wall there. Oh, yeah, and that's what a dirt cushion will do. Now, usually it kind of has, like, an abrupt edge you'll hit, and I'm not really seeing that abrupt edge, kind of like um, how Knoxville has the berm on the infield. It it would be something you would definitely feel upset the car, but obviously it has a ton of grip up there. It looks like it's kind of a smooth transition, smoother than I would like to see. But still, they're still moving in a positive direction, which is definitely really good. But yeah, you're right. The wall goes from about two and a half, three feet tall to about a foot tall by the 2,000 lap mark. So, And I guess the other thing in review of this post is uh, snake splits. We've been talking about this for weeks, and we, I had the impression that they weren't going to touch it with a 10-foot pole. And now they're saying we're going to do it for these championships in dirt. Uh, 
they don't say all the details of it, but from what I've been reading about snake split systems, it only works if there's a minimum I rating, and I don't think that they're going to limit that, so I wonder how it's going to work. I'm still confused. I feel like after the first running, we'll know right away if they're going to keep it or not, kind of like the single file restarts and no lucky dog in the road to pro. Yeah. I think it's it's risky, but... And, you know, kudos for them for trying because either it's going to work and we'll keep it or it's going to go horribly wrong and we'll know for next time. So um, we could theorize and dodge it for forever and we would honestly just never know if it was going to work. But, I mean, in a few weeks' time, we're going to know whether it's a smart option or not. Yeah. I well, horribly wrong. <laughs> well, you think about uh grc for example i mean it hasn't been out long enough for i rating to really get to a point where it's correct you know everyone is basically the same i rating in grc and so one of the saving things that's going to help here is the fact that there are heat races and then two constellation races so say you're the fastest guy ever and you have a low i rating because you just don't race a lot you go out there you have an okay heat and you transfer and you're good or you get caught up with some dummy. You're smarter in the C main than the B main. So I think having those extra races kind of weave out the uh, slower guys, I think will help. Because assuming they're saying three heat races, that's going to be about, I'm going to say, 10 cars per heat, 30 cars that sign up. But only maybe 17 to 20 make the main. Right. So it is going to filter some of those people out that really don't belong. So it might be a little rough at first, but I think once it starts to settle, I think it I think it could work. I really do. All right, we'll see. All right, Tony, what's next? All right. Uh 2018 Season 1 Patch 3 release notes looks like uh the patch was all updates for the GT3. Now, I don't understand what that BOP means. Can anyone help me out there? Balance of performances. How each, each car is different, yes, but each car is tailored to be, you know, basically the same. So, you know, like in the 24-hour race at Daytona, the Mercs had a better, or yeah, the Mercs were performancely better than the rest of the car. Well, especially the Ferrari. So they're trying to even the uh, the, the playing field here. What I like is they're going to make the adjustments in season as necessary, so nobody's going to get that, you know, oh, that whole dominant car all all season long. Yeah, no, that's perfect. Thanks, Chris. Um, so this is the final uh, GT3 balance of performance before the start of the 2018 GT3 WCS series. Please be aware. Uh, unlike past seasons, as uh, Chris mentioned, they'll monitor performance as the season progresses and we'll make further in-season uh, adjustments as necessary. Yeah, they're doing a good job of, uh, you know, being the sanctioning body, so to speak, for the road cars. It seems like they're doing a good job. Yeah, I just wonder if Ferrari went out there and seen some of their cars getting just demolished in some of these GT3 races with no, I mean, you could put the best drivers in these cars, they still wouldn't have a chance. They probably were like, hey, you got to tighten this up a little bit. Yeah, you wonder if the manufacturer is saying something to iRacing about it. That is an interesting thought. Could be. 
Maybe that's why they're so on top of it. I know. For me, Ferrari, you know, for me, Ferrari is the synonym, or whatever that word is, of racing. You think racing, you think Ferrari, you think Mercedes. And I just, if I was Ferrari, I wouldn't want my name out there like, uh, this is the slowest car they have on this service right now. Yeah. All right, let's get the next topic. I got it. Uh, we got good information about how a spotter works at the start of a race. Uh, so somebody asked, is there a reason the spotter's quiet when you need him most right at the start of the race? Uh, David Tucker from iRacing said, yes, uh, he would just be calling out the car high, car low constantly. And so the spotter's not very smart. So right now we turn what's called the high-low calls off if the start of the race is true and for three seconds after the green flag flies. And so that's what's happening is the, the spotter basically doesn't do anything in the first three seconds of a st- after a start. It would sound like Jack Knauss was having like a seizure in the box or something, you know, if they had that turned on. I guess it's smart. Hi, hi, low, 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 yeah. <laughs> now, the poster of the forum post, he was referring to road road stuff, okay? And so and I guess in a road, it would make sense you'd want the spotter immediately. But I guess on oval, I kind of like it the way it is. And Even so some of the road stuff, yeah, I would think they would have to have that built in, like the GRC stuff. I mean, those guys pretty much start on top of each other. And so as, you know, iRacing is so cool that, you know, they find a need like this, they immediately fix it. And that's exactly what David Tucker did. So he says in the next release, he's going to put a pat something in the patch where you can go in the app INI and you will find a setting called car low high at start equals zero. If you change that zero to a one, the spotter will work as soon as the green flag flies. So if you're a road person and you want the spotter to be on immediately, you can go change that setting in the app INI. Yeah, I know for me as an oval driver on a single monitor, as soon as we get that ability, I'm going to cut that on. I would be interested to try it and see what it sounds like, right, Brandon? Yeah, same. It's like for me on a single monitor, you are either you either have to stare at your relative or look around so you can see in all your mirrors where if the spotter's on, you can kind of make moves with ease once you pass the start-finish line without really having to worry. You basically just focus on your driving. Well, because they're also saying, you know, the spotter doesn't say nothing until where it says, you know, race, uh, start of race is true and for three seconds. So you got to wait three seconds. You're already turn one at most ovals. Yeah, that's correct. So you don't know if you can go down and take the inside lane or if the guy who started on your inside who maybe didn't get as good as jump if you was still there or not without having to stare around the screen and look for the information as opposed to having the spotter just give it to you immediately. I want you to try it first and then let me know. <laughs> before I'm, I, yeah, I'm gonna lay the doctor. <laughs> yeah, because it's either gonna be really awesome or he's gonna it's gonna he's be like giving you way too much information right there at the start. We'll know soon. All right, it's cool that next? they're just making the change, though. Really, I mean, they'll just add something like that into the the sim, so a handful of people can, you know, said something about it. Yeah, even yeah. if no one uses it, it's great to realize that need for something, maybe, and then to give us the ability to use it or not. Yeah, it's something I didn't want, but maybe I'll find out after a couple people have tried it out that it's something I do want. Pretty cool. Yeah, so watch for that in the next release. Okay, Will, what's next? All right, so there was some discussion in the forums about NIS participation, and a friend of the podcast, John Hammer, had some fun stats. Um, 
NAS participation at Daytona this year, there was 1,121 entrants in open, 1,919 in fixed. Uh, this time last year, open had 1,424 and 2,139 in fixed. So um, it looks like participations dropped a little bit. Um, now we also have Road to Pro, which had 933 entrants this year. So... Yeah, there's a lot of discussion about whether it should be a C, B, or A license for NIS, and if how that affects participation. Now, there was 920 A license drivers with five weeks counted last year. Um, by week 30, only 15% of Class A drivers ran 50% of the races. So it seems like having the series open to C and B license definitely drives participation because... A-Class just makes up such a small portion of the yeah. drivers. I, I think it's good to have B and C as part of NIS. Uh, I think the road to pro, what happened at Daytona last time, is indicative of that. We have a team member, Tyler Conroy, who's our hot shoe, and he didn't have an A license and couldn't participate in the road to pro series because he had had a, you know, a bunch of wrecks at Daytona and fell to B. And so that's a bummer. And if you want, you know, good participation, you need to be forgiving with that a little bit. I think by allowing A, B, and C, uh, people are going to run every week. Even if they have two or three weeks, you know, bad weeks in a row in NIS and they drop from an A to a B or a C, it still allows them to continue to participate so they can bring it back up. Well, NIS is also nice because like, like for me, for example, I, I normally run Wednesdays and for both Daytona and Atlanta, for example, I had to run both Sunday mornings because I couldn't run the Wednesday nights for one reason or another, and I couldn't run Friday nights due to school. So having that Sunday morning, that third option to run and run, you know, not great, but halfway decently, I still gained I rating and I still gained safety rating. So, you know, it's it's nice that the races are a length where even if you screw up, you can still do that. Kind of disappointed the overall participation is down for NIS. I thought it would be up, if anything. I just felt like this year there was more enthusiasm from the community that we were going to have a little bit higher numbers than before, but they actually went down a little bit, about 200. Well, that, sorry, I'll let you go. Yeah, I was going to say, I think, honestly, me, like, for the longest time, I wouldn't race NIS just because it's A-class car with C-class drivers. And I do think the participation is kind of down because now you've got the road to pro, which kind of alleviates that for people like me with that mindset where you can go to a different kind of series like that, which is sort of like the NIS, and race with drivers in the A-class, even if it's a C-class car. Yeah, and it's a unique series, 36, you know, 30 weeks long. They only run once every two weeks, you know. There's only one start, of, you know, every two weeks. So it is unique, that's for sure. Yeah, I was just going to say the same thing. I wonder how many A-licensed drivers were actually losing to Road to Pro. Um, I'd be curious to know how many A-licensed drivers were in this Daytona and last Daytona. Um, I bet you that's where the fall-off is. So I bet you there's more people focusing on Road to Pro, especially the people who want to make it to that next peak level because you have to do good in road to pro then the b car there's really no reason to focus on the nis tracks and schedule if that's where your end goal is because i mean you're going to be a year away from driving that car anyway it's i think if you look at the stats i bet you the biggest fall off is in the a-class driver 
Yeah. All right, uh, Tony, what's next? Oh, we got a a message from uh, <laughs> from iRacer Brent McGoy. Says, hey, Mike, just looking through the splits for the Open Series Atlanta came across your name. Just wanted to give you and the guys a pat on the back when it comes to the iRacers podcast that you and the team do. Really appreciate it, and it's informative. For that, I say thank you. Keep up the good work. Gotta love these. Um, and we, we've had a few in the last little bit, and, uh, well, they're they're so great to, to read and hear about. Yeah, absolutely. I certainly appreciate the nice comments. Uh, keep them coming, guys. We'll read them on the on the podcast, uh, it always gives us a little motivation to keep it going. Uh, so thank you for that, uh, Brent McCoy. Uh, next topic I'll take up. Uh, we had a fellow iRacer driver, Tom Flaw, pass away uh, recently. And so rest in peace, uh, Tom. I, I, I think if you've been on uh, the Facebook iRacing pages, you've, interacted with tom he was uh very involved on a lot of different uh facebook iRacing pages uh he did a lot of racing in the hosted apparently uh, i haven't personally run with him but there were a lot of people that um were certainly uh touched by tom flaw and so there were a lot of comments uh, in fact one iRacer actually went to the funeral and he, he had mentioned uh he met with the the kids uh, of Tom Flaw and expressed, uh, I you know the community sympathy and whatnot. Uh, Tom, he had a winning percentage. Looking at his uh, iRacing stats, five point two six percent on oval, with over uh, sixty eight hundred starts. He won uh, his his very last uh, race he ran was actually uh, official last year. Texas and where he finished seventh and so uh godspeed to Tom out there all right uh Will what you got next so we just got some um updates from Twitter this week I kind of condensed them all um first is is there any update on caution laps not counting on the dirt side um is it in the future works uh any upcoming bills and Steve Myers replied it's still in the design phase also, uh, we had someone ask about the new ZL1 Camaro NASCAR, and according to Steve Myers, uh, still no updates on that. Um, they are working on multiple fronts to come up um, with a car to scan, but he also noted NASCAR wants it done, so uh, kind of neat to see NASCAR's pushing to have that done. Hopefully some of the teams hop on board. Um, and just a heads up, we are on Twitter now quite a bit more than we used to be. Um, if you want to follow us, it's um, at iRacers Lounge. Uh, is where you can find us. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, lots of uh, going on there on the Twitter. All right, Tony, what's next? Oh, it looks like we got an article from uh, NASCAR Esports News. Um, as uh, NBC uh, Sports ran an amazing article discussing how the next generation of drivers could get their start in sim racing, which featured quotes for William Byron as well as Jack Irving, director of team and support services for Toyota Racing Development. Um, here's uh, William Byron on iRacing. iRacing was my chance to really see if I had any ability to drive a car, Byron says. Uh, I think 
from that standpoint, it's a great starter for understanding if you do have some ability and seeing if that can translate. Um, when asked about having iRacing League to see who might have potential, similar potential to Byron and put them in a car to see if their skills carry over, Jack Irving stated, that is something that is of interest and something we've spent some time on. It's definitely non-traditional. I think that it's evolving. The better the physics are, the better that iRacing becomes. And I got no idea where this is going. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Basically, what they're saying is, as as iRacing is, uh, you know, honing it in and and becoming, uh, the the physics are just becoming more and more realistic. Um, it's it's going to be even. Uh, even easier for 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 an eye racer to to make that transition into real racing and we're kind of seeing that ongoing now yeah another week another article by another mainstream media this is nbc sports and uh this time we're hearing from toyota showing interest in eye racing um, so i thought it was pretty cool to to hear it again uh this has got to be coming guys uh, we keep hearing all these stories about it uh, the other thing I heard was I follow a uh, NASCAR fan podcast called uh, Right Sides Only Radio. And uh, on that podcast, they had a segment uh, talking about uh, the news that each charter team in NASCAR would hire a sim driver and run an iRacing NASCAR league. Uh, these two guys on this podcast, they're not on iRacing. They know about iRacing. They talked about if this was televised uh, midweek, you know, Tuesday, Wednesday night or something, they'd likely watch it. And um, anyway, it was really encouraging to hear these very positive thoughts from regular NASCAR uh, fans uh, that they're interested in this and that this is actually a viable thing. Yeah, and the race broadcasts are already really good. Um, when I first signed up, I just clicked on one of the banners because there was some race going on somewhere, and I was bored. And I was really surprised at how well um, those guys did calling the race and everything. I mean, it was just as fun as watching, uh, you know, a dirt race back home. That's what I was watching at night. If you get some guys that you actually know and care about, running those races, you'd probably watch them. Yeah, and that's what these guys were saying. They, they said, is this DVR material? No, but if I get home from work, I'll turn it on and watch it, you know? Yeah, it's one of those things where, hey, I'm in the mood for some dirt track racing. Oh, look, nobody's really racing right now. But, hey, I can watch an eSport version of the same thing and feel, you know, just the same thing I would from watching an actual race. Yeah, but... uh yeah, and it was interesting that the, you know, this is kind of a, a, a cross-cut across NASCAR fan and media, and if they're talking about it, it's, you know, it's well-known, you know, if these NASCAR podcasts are talking about iRacing and how the charter teams are going to hire sim drivers, you know, that means it's really well out there. I mean, this has been publicized on a lot of very public sites that we've talked about, so... Heard a lot of things saying sometime this year, so, you know. Yep. Forward next season. So Here it comes. We'll see. Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed. 
Okay, I guess I got next one. Uh, last minute notes. A reminder to everybody, this is week 12. Be sure to end the week with a 2.0 SR or uh, 3 plus SR if you're uh, trying for the new license. Uh, Chris, I think you told me to remind people about this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so you don't want to be um, you know, caught at the end of this week with uh, your SR under a 2. You know, you run a bunch of truck races and take a beating and don't think about it, and you're going to end up with... Uh, you know, get your license demoted. Same thing if you're trying to reach, you know, you're a B license, trying to get that A. Make sure at the end of this week that you're above that three so you can get, you'll be eligible for promotion. You know, get any races you need. If, um, was it, what's it called? Your MBR? MPR, yeah. MPR, yeah. Now, when you told me that, I went and looked at my licenses and uh, Dirt Oval, my safety rating 1.6. So I'm actually going to be demoted if I don't bring that up. So I might try to run some more dirt ovals and see if I can bring it up. Uh, also, uh, last minute note, uh, GRC is still running a promo for new iRacing members. You get three months for five bucks with this promo code, PR-GRC. Boy, it doesn't get cheaper than that, guys. No, it wasn't that cheap when I signed up. Right. Yeah, yeah. I, luckily I got that deal when I first signed up back in 2012. It is a really cheap way to see if sim racing for you. Even if you don't own a wheel, like I did at the time, you, you can use a controller and just drive around and test this and then see if it's for you for five bucks. I mean, it doesn't get cheaper than that. Yep. So check that out if you got friends who want to get involved. Uh, it's a really good time to do that. You look up GR, Red Bull GRC on Twitter and you'll see the promo code. Uh, let's get into hardware, software. Uh, Will, what's up first? All right, so Sim Racing Studios has posted up a SRS double fan wind power package. Basically, it looks like uh, two fans that you mount up. They um, basically um, keep you cool while you're driving. So... Um, just gives you an extra level of immersion. I, they posted a really cool video of them using it in VR. And it just gives you that next level feeling of being in a car, get that wind flow, get it moving. Um, right now, it looks like it's on sale for $189.99. And that comes with everything you're going to need to set it up, um, including both fans. So um, if you're trying to get to that next next level of immersion, it is definitely a really cool, really cool item. You plug it into your USB on your computer... And the speed of the car dictates how fast the fan blows. That's kind of neat. Kind of pricey, but really cool. If I was if I was on VR, I would be looking at this because you definitely need a fan if you have those goggles on your head. So why not have the fan tied into the engine, you know, and match the engine RPMs? Yeah, I know. I know. I recently just got a butt kicker, and um, having that is a huge immersion step. So yeah, if you're in VR, you do need a little table fan or something. This is definitely a really cool item. Very, very cool concept, especially the fact that it works with your motor. Um, just you lose that airflow, I guess, if you blow it up. <laughs> or what if um, these things are so powerful, they can actually simulate the speed outside your car so you can hear that whizzing by you. And then plus, like if your cat was to come bother you, it just get in that airflow. <laughs> well, there's two of them. I suppose you the, on the video they have them side by side on the 
on the steering wheel base, but I suppose you could separate them a little bit and have one blowing in your left ear, kind of one blowing in your right, or something yeah, along those cool lines. There, that that powerful. Well, check it out, guys, if you want to check this out. It's simracingstudio.com is the website. All right, Tony, what do you got next? Well, this one's kind of cool. looks like uh, from Feel VR Sim Racing, um, it's a cheap direct drive wheel about to launch on Kickstarter with a 40% off uh, discount. Now, I've taken a look at this wheel, and... Uh, it looks really good. Um, it, I'm imagining it's going to be the wheel and pedal setup. Um, you know, the, the the pedals look pedals look pretty darn decent. I mean, you're getting uh, the load cell brake, and um, it looks like everything's all adjustable, just like the the, the higher end stuff. Um, now, the one thing that I didn't get uh, was a price tag on this. Um, yeah, I think I recall find. 400 bucks. We've talked about this several weeks ago, actually. Yeah, I was going to say, it's right. A, I think their Kickstarter program is going to launch right around that $400, $390, $400 mark, and then afterwards it's going to be like 800 bucks. Right. Okay, and so it looks I was awesome. sleeping. Yeah, it looks really nice. It's a direct drive wheel that's going to be economical. Now, here's the drawback. It's a, still a Kickstarter. It's not an actual company that you can just go to their website and purchase it yet. You have to, in, you know, involve yourself in the Kickstarter program, and you got to trust that it's going to work and all that other stuff. So, but you know, I, I I brought this up again, even though we talked about it several weeks ago, because these guys are advertising heavily on Facebook, and I see their ads all the time. Now, obviously, I'm somebody they want to try to sell to because I'm an iRacer. So I understand why I'm seeing the ads. But they're spending money on those ads, obviously, because there's, those are true advertisements. Uh, so these guys are putting their money where their mouth is. And that certainly does impress me and really makes me want to take a second look at this. But uh, pretty cool. If you're in the market, you might want to check this out. Their website is get.feelvr.game, G-E-T dot f e e l v r dot game yeah i don't have the 400 bucks to gamble with but if i did i might take a chance on them and even if not i kind of hope they um do well and this thing really comes out because i think it, they're just looking at it if it's the product that looks like they think they can come out with it's still going to be worth you know, the six or eight hundred bucks whatever they're going to charge for it when it's retail yeah they've now, been they've been very like they'll show the specs of the torque and they're they're admitting it's not as powerful as say the AccuForce, which is kind of the standard for direct drive wheels, but it's not far off and a lot cheaper is kind of what they're going after. So I think if this works the way they plan, it will be kind of like the that kind of entry-level direct drive, which is still not sim racing entry-level, but still gives you an option. Now, the other weird thing about this is I also found a video on YouTube uh, – and it's been since taken down, and I don't know why. And when you go to their channel, which is called Feel VR Team on YouTube, they actually have no videos anymore. They're all been removed. So I'm not sure what's going on there, but they did have a video. I did watch it. It was a video of uh, their booth at the Sim Racing Expo. 
and it showed their hardware, you know, in real life being used. You know, people were sitting down and racing with it and driving with the wheel and the pedals. And you got to see it in action on the video. And I'm kind of disappointed the video's gone, but I actually did watch it uh, before it got taken down. And uh, this, I mean, they actually do have hardware, guys. I saw it with my eyes, and and uh, it looked pretty nice from what I saw. It came up for me, so it might have just been something with the link on your computer. Oh, it did? Yeah, okay. yeah I saw the video of it actually working. So yeah, I was watching like that the now. Deal. The show's unlisted. That might be why you can't see it. Yeah, All I'm not I sure. I just, signed, I just signed up for the newsletter because I, I want to see how this goes because this I've believe it or not I've signed up for one or two Kickstarters before and both of them have been a success so it's a neat looking wheel too and it's got red on it it's got kind of red and black and really nice looking buttons on the wheel too yeah I'm interested I want to I want to buy it but I can't convince the other half the wife to let me spend that type of money yeah, and the the more wheels we have on the market, the cheaper it'll get. Yeah, everything will get race, cheaper. So yeah, the more the merrier. I like the Ooh. fact that you can get this and and you get and you get the pedal set up as well. I mean, that that just seems to me like a hell of a deal. You know, if, yeah, if this all not... comes through, <laughs> Tony, yeah, you're not just the crappy have... set that I that came with my uh, Thrustmaster either. They're like legit sim racing. You're good they, to go pedals. Yeah, they 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 look you know, very, very similar to what Fanatec holds. And that's, you know, that's another reason I'm looking at these guys. And I was going to say, Tony, you're just happy that they would, they would ship to Canada. Ha, <laughs> <laughs> huh, well, that is a bonus. I didn't even notice that, but, uh, oh yeah, I, I don't have enough rooms in my, in my house to, to renovate, to be able to justify this one. <laughs> yeah. That's wouldn't, sure it you be, do. wouldn't it be like a million Canadian dollars to buy something? <laughs> No, no, Chris, you got the exchange wrong. It's not a million, it's two. Get it right. <laughs> All right, cool. Direct drive wheel. Yeah, that's affordable. Yeah, Tony, but... you, you just you just slip it in at tax time and be like, you know, I, I, I don't know where this came from, but, but it's here. I might as well use it. All right, let's jump to final topic. Uh, iRacing has partnered with Valvoline to help make an aspiring driver's dream come true. Think you're racing's next star? Enter the Fast Track to Fame contest now through March 15th. Winners receive up to 50000 in prizes. And uh, I saw this. iRacing Twittered it. And so naturally I clicked the link and, and signed up. And I have no idea what it is. Uh, do you guys know anything about this? Yeah, I tried it. I actually signed up. I had to upload a profile picture and fill out a form and put in my contact information and write, you know, what I like to race and stuff like that. And then apparently people vote uh, on the website uh, for these racers. And then whoever gets the most votes apparently wins. I don't think it has to do with racing, to tell you the truth. It's some kind of popularity contest or something. Yeah, it really seems like it's more for real racers than I would say sim racers, but it is open to sim racers. But it looks like it is a popularity contest in essence, and Valvoline's looking like they want to sponsor somebody. They just want to figure out who. And if you're good enough at marketing yourself and getting yourself out there, that's kind of what they're after. So it's kind of a smart ploy by them. I'm curious to see if any sim racers kind of get the final cut. 
Yeah, you make a profile and then you like share it on social media kind of thing and you try to get people to vote. So yeah, it's like market yourself. So I don't know if people are interested in that, but check it out. Uh, you can find it on iRacing's Twitter. So vote for Mike Ellis, his profile That's right. on there. <laughs> yeah, give Mike me a Ellis. vote. I was actually trying to find my name and see if uh, the website's really not too friendly, but trying to see if I had any votes, but uh, I couldn't figure it out. All right, let's get into final thoughts. Chris Perez, what do you got for final thought? Ready to see what tonight has for us. This truck setup we got really, really fast. Just hope we can survive it. Yes, we have a great set. All right, Chris Scales, final thoughts. Yeah, same thing. Just ready to go race these trucks. All right. David Flowers. Same thing. Can't waste to race these trucks. on the race the air car, A car tomorrow in the open. All right, and Tony Groves, final thought. Well, I tell you, after, uh, you know, tiptoeing around Atlanta, um, Vegas is uh, very refreshing. Um, I can't wait to use this this new set. Um, it's uh, it's just so solid. I'm so excited for tonight. It's, it's going to be a great race. Really looking forward to it. Yep, absolutely. William Gibson, final thought. Uh, yeah, no, I'm excited. Um, I worked on the set for a little while. Um, I'm glad we got one a little better than what I had. Um, but yeah, after being at Atlanta and watching how slick it was, I think it'll be refreshing to go to kind of a standard track where you could kind of really drive the car, look for speed and not have to worry about just not wrecking it the whole race. Um, also, I just want to shout out, we do have our Discord and Twitter kind of going. So if you are looking for that, you can check it out on Twitter at iRacing or iRacers Lounge. And yeah, no, it's been a fun week and I'm excited for some good racing tonight. All right. And uh, Brandon Massey, thank you for joining us on the podcast. You're certainly welcome back anytime. What are your final thoughts? Uh, yeah, sort of in the same vein. Uh, I'll be taking the night off. I will not be racing in the Road to Pro, but I will be up in the Crew Chief box. So hopefully, uh, hopefully my driver has a good race and we have a good night. Yeah, Crew Chiefing is fun too. So uh, Will's been doing a little of that, and I like to spot sometimes when I'm available. It's fun to get into that. It's a different thing. All right, uh, thank you for coming. Uh, my final thoughts is, boy, I'm glad we're in season. Uh, moving on here to week number three of NIS, uh, only 36 more to go, or 33 more to go, guys. Uh, it's a long season, so keep your uh, head up. Um, I had that horrible start on Sunday where I crashed on the first lap at the start, and I was dead last. And boy, it doesn't get more lower than that. I mean, it's like a low, low of lows. So I can only go up from that, so I think I'm going to do good at Vegas. So I'm looking forward to it. All right, that's with that. We'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.